Hey, this is Dirk Revuren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Club Magazine Podcast, my friends. It's OJ. Hi. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, X. X gonna give it to you. And whatever else we got going on. Spotify, we're everywhere. Our buddy Tom Osmond's back, and this time he's back with our other buddy, Matty Young of King Parrot. They've been on tour all across the states with Pantera and Weed Eater. This is Tom from Ghost Cult, and I'm really excited to be joined by Youngie from the excellent King Parrot, uh, who are currently in the US as part of a, a tour. I guess we can say it's partly a headline tour and partly supporting Weed Eater and Pantera. Is that the right way to put it? I guess so, man. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of everything. So you've had a few dates already. Um, what have the shows been like so far? And has that been a combination of headlining and I think also playing with Weed Eater? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did about And um, so I guess on the one hand, it, it, it must be, you know, really cool and exciting to be doing what I suppose is your biggest set of shows here in the US. But I'm also thinking it's probably kind of bittersweet because you lost your your good friend and your collaborator, Boydie, earlier this year. So what's what's that kind of, you know, condolences for that? What's what's this like for you being in the US at kind of this high profile, but him not being a part of it? Oh, so what was that last piece that you I'm just wondering what the overall feeling's like being in the U.S. and not having Boydy be a part of it. Oh, it, it, man, it's, it's still kind of, you know, there's still a bit of grief that we're all kind of processing at the moment, I think. But, you know, Boyd was, uh, you know, such a big part of everything that we do, you know, from, like, artwork and concepts. And, I mean, he, he, he was all, always, like, a contributor uh, with the music and, and, and the lyrics and, and all of that sort of stuff, you know, whether it was sort of giving us feedback and listening to demos stuff like that, uh, contributing ideas in, in every aspect of the band, videos, everything. So um, it's been a huge loss for us, but um, I think it's also been um, a really massive motivator for us too. In terms, you know, like we, we know that he just wants want us to keep pushing forward and keep doing what we do and, and, and keep uh, hit flags flying. So we're out here doing it and, um, and, and it, it feels good, you know, like we're, we're playing some of the biggest shows we've ever played over here with, with Pantera and Lamb of God uh, next week. Uh, we start with them on Thursday, I believe, and then uh, you know, but all the club shows and all the all the, all the smaller shows and stuff like that that we've been doing, it's, it's been fantastic. You know, we we couldn't ask for couldn't have asked for a better start. Seems there's a bit of buzz going on around the band at the moment, and um, you know, we're just trying to capitalise on that. We've been working on new material as well, so we're we're doing, doing all that back at home, and um, yeah, things are things are going well so far. And, um, yeah, it's it, it's an exciting time for us. Yeah, I mean that's great to hear that you feel like you're picking up some momentum. I know, or I kind of understand from interviews that 
I guess, as with everyone, the COVID pandemic really messed things up. You had your your EP hold up in their lair in 2020. And I know you've been asked before about the possibility of a new album. And I know that it's like you want to get it done, but it's sort of getting all the pieces in place. I was wondering, though, and you, you sort of mentioned this with working on new material. When you're playing shows at the moment, are you playing unreleased material, things that might go on a future album? that'd be great i'm definitely looking forward to that in terms of the in terms of getting recordings done together are you still when you're not touring all based in the same place or are some of you kind of dotted around now oh uh, yeah the, the majority of the band is sort of based around melbourne um and the surround and uh but tied out drama he lives up in brisbane but that kind of makes it a little tricky but uh we always we've always worked around it you know and, and uh you know he's Yeah, for sure. Um, on that topic of, of sort of the pleasure of playing live, I, I was wondering to myself, have you have you talked about or have you ever thought about as a band doing a live album? Yeah, look, we have. Uh, spending a bit of time on this tour, uh, some of the songs, not some of the shows, um, whether or not for a live album or not, I don't know. But I think uh, it would definitely, I think it would definitely be something a little bit later down the track. I think our focus is kind of on the new material at this point. We want to, we want to do a new album of new material. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're such a live band, you know, like we are a total live band. But um, that, that's where we do our best work. And a live album seems fitting for a band like us, I think, at some point down the track, for sure. Yeah, it, I, I, I definitely think it would make sense. You, you mentioned earlier about or you, you sort of touched on about playing some some smaller venues and I'm sure when you're doing the shows with Pantera you're gonna be playing some pretty big venues. You're I guess yeah. I don't know if it's right to call you a punk rock kid, but you know, like as an extreme metal fan, I'm sure you've been to loads of shows at tiny venues. You've probably also been to big stadium gigs as well. I'm wondering from your point of view, both as a fan and as a as a performer, what how do you feel about the the balance between doing big venues and doing smaller intimate? Because I imagine there's kind of pros and cons to both for you. Do you sort of have a feeling about if there's like a sweet spot of how big a venue you like to play? Oh, you know, 
I, for me personally, I kind of like those mid-sized venues, you know, where there's a little bit of separation from the crowd, but that's my, probably my preference, those sort of like 500 to 1,000 cap venues, but, you know, when you got a, when you got a really good sound on stage and all that sort of stuff, you can hear it, because I think for me, with, with the, doing some vocals, it's the most important thing for me is to be able to hear myself properly and stuff like You know, playing those smaller venues, the monitors are often... <laughs> you know, little little stuff bar, yeah. um, and you can't. You know, you, sometimes it's a bit of a you kind of feel like you're at war with the other instruments to try and hear yourself. Yeah. And um, you know, when you're doing, uh, you know, like a tour like we're doing right now, which is like 34 days or whatever, you know, it could be it could be a real strain on the voice. So um, I like those kind of just those midi mid sized venues personally. But I mean, in terms of like audience participation and that, when you're playing those smaller, you know, 100, 200, 300 cap rooms where they're damn packed. I really, I really respect them a lot. You know, I, I love Pantera and I, I really respect how I think this is in the, the Pantera uh, Volga home videos at some point where they're touring on um, Volga Display of Power and Phil Anselmo is talking to one of the crowds and he says, we're going to come back with a new album and it's going to be, you know, totally fucked up. It's going to make you go like, what is wrong with these guys? And then, you know, a lot of bands would say something like that and it would be all talk, but then they came back with Far Beyond Driven, which is really does, you know, justify the cover with the drill going into the head. Like, it's a really proper, abrasive album, and I really respect them for the fact that they got so big, but they never shied yeah. away from really trying to be hard and abrasive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, and I think that's one of the things that you got to respect about Pantera, you know, is they never kind of, they never did the Metallica thing. They never, you know, when it could have been so easy for them to do that, you know, but they never did it. And, and, and that's something that, you know, I mean, obviously we're nowhere near on the scale of what they've done, but um, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's always easy to tone things down and make it more accessible and all of that sort of stuff. You know, it's, it's going against the grain and um, making it more full on and making it more intense and understanding why people got into you in the first place. And, uh, all of that sort of stuff is, is something that we hold close to our heart. You know, it, 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 it's something that you just got to, you, you know, we love this music. This is why we do it, because we love playing extreme music. And it's not because we want to sell it, sell it out for anything. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. 
it's got to be this way. It has to be this way. And that, that, that's, a, that's a part of the challenge. You know, it's great. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're super uh, excited and, and, and motivated for the future, definitely. Well, that's good to hear. Just following on, having now that I've brought up Pantera and talking about the Volga Home videos, one of the things I thought was really good about those videos, they really give a good sort of document of some of the, the tedium of the tour. You know, like, obviously, there's all the, the shows and there's the drinking and there's everything else. But then there's also the traveling from one place to another and just like kind of trying to, to survive the time on the road. So um, maybe you've got some insights for you know, people that don't have the experience of traveling around different countries and going from show to show, what are some of the sort of uh, the realities of the touring life that you've that you've learned over the years and maybe that you're experiencing at the moment? Or maybe it hasn't set in yet because you're kind of near the beginning of this tour. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's funny uh, that I was sitting uh, down with our guitarist yesterday while we were washing our laundry in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were just sitting there going, I mean, how, how great is this? How awesome is this to be able to do? what we love doing, you know, and, 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 and you're right, it is tedious and it is quite boring a lot of the time, um, you know, but it, it, every day is about the show and, and it's a great, you know, privilege and, and honour and, and we're incredibly grateful to be able to do this, you know, because we, we, love, we love the show, you know, we love doing the show every day, um, but it's certainly not what people, like what most people would perceive it to be, it's hard work, you know, we're driving, we're sleeping well, we're, uh, you know, Often not getting very much sleep. You, you get up, you know, have, a, have a coffee, have some breakfast, load in, do sound check, get ready, doors are open, hang out with a bunch of friends for an hour or two, play the show, hang out a little bit more, then bang, you're off again. That's it, you know. And uh, um, it, it, so when you've worked so hard to that point where you can do that, um, that's that's what we want. That's what we that's what we wanted to do. Like we, we just love it, you know. And you have to love it. I think you have to really love doing it. And, yeah, it's certainly not for everyone. You know, there's people that have been in our band previously or people that have come on tours and stuff, they kind of go, oh, geez, this isn't what I, this isn't what I thought it was. You know, this isn't what I expected it to be. And it's not just a big party at all. It's, it's a lot of hard work. And while there is lots of great times and lots of fun, the show's awesome fun and that's what we do it for. That one hour on stage, you just uh, make the very, the very most of it every time, every night. And make sure that people remember you and they want to come back and see you. That goal, I guess, focusing on that one hour and doing it, you know, preparing everything as best as we possibly can for that one hour when we're on stage to make that as Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems like the right focus to have. Do you have any, you mentioned before about the, the possible strain on the voice if you don't have a good sound system where you're playing. Do you have any kind of routine, whether it's for your voice or any other kind of, you know, trying to keep, I don't know if keeping fit <laughs> is the right way to put it but have you kind of like got any rituals or even just kind of like any routines to try and sort of you know keep your body and and keep your voice going while you're while you're touring i, I mean I, I guess trying not to talk so much during the day is helpful. i find that once i've done a few shows the, the my voice just sort of uh it just sort of cracks in is, is the term that i use it just sort of cracks into being able to do it so i, I don't need to warm up too much like if, if we do a sound check during the day um and then maybe just before the set, I'll do a, do a few little uh, things like the old uh, that one yeah. um, with your tongue, sort of get the vocal cords warmed up a little bit. And I'll do a few growls and a few screams, just get that going. Um, do a little bit. I don't do heat and heat with warming 
Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do drink a lot of tea. There's a great tea called Throat Coat, which I've discovered recently. Um, so I drink that, a bit of honey, a bit of lemon, a bit of ginger. And I, I have one of them usually before we play and one after. And, uh, and it's been working pretty well for me so far. So no drinking out of a bottle of Jack Daniels in the middle of the set on stage? No, I don't drink at all. So that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Jack Daniels for me, man. Um, with the with the current situation that you're you're touring in the US, and obviously you've been there before, I'm wondering, um, maybe not even just specifically with the US, but when you're outside of of Australia, because I know you do a lot of touring in Australia, are there any things that you notice yourself really missing from back home, or is it more that you enjoy the novelty of not being there while you're away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. I mean, the novelty of this is that we haven't done it for four or five years now, so it's just amazing to be back. You know, we've got so many friends. And people that we know and people that we've met toured with and um, stayed with over the years. So, you know, pretty much at every single place that we're going to, we're just like, wow, we're getting to see these guys again. We haven't seen these guys for a few years. And that's exciting for us to be able to, you know, to, to do that, you know. Um, what, what we, in, in regards to the show, I think in Australia, we we have, uh, it, the shows are a little different, probably because played in Australia a bit more. But uh, we, there's, there's definitely that um, piss take element in the band. And uh, the, the audience heckle us, I think, they heckle us a lot more in Australia <laughs> than they do over here. Everyone's a little bit more polite. <laughs> we have a little bit more interaction of banter with the audience in Australia because they just know how, how we are and, and how it's sort of been. Where, you know, over here, it's such a big country and there's so many different places and you know a lot of people even on and this tour as you're seeing it for the first time uh, and whatnot so yeah we don't we don't get it we don't get heckled much over here so um but that being said man the shows have been amazing so far like you know we're one week in and shows have been absolutely incredible so we're, we're incredibly grateful for that well, that's good to hear. Long may it continue. On the on the topic of your your show experiences, so I I saw you being interviewed and you were talking about some of the the most memorable shows you'd gone to as a fan, and you brought up going to a Cannibal Corpse show when you were thirteen, and you mentioned how you you stage dived and no one caught you, and you you skinned your knee, and you've still got scars on your knee from it. I'm wondering if you've got any other war wounds <laughs> from live shows, whether as a fan or whether as part of King Parrot that uh, you've picked up over the years. Well, I guess the thing is that they haven't done. You know, having having had so much experience in age diving and, and, and crowd surfing and doing all that stuff when I was younger, you know, now now being a middle aged man <laughs> I've um you know, I know when to do it, when not to do it, you know, if the crowd's looking a little sparse, it's like, Don't do it tonight, don't do it tonight, they're not gonna catch it tonight. The, the one thing is sometimes, you know, like I'll get a big big guy up in front of the stage and he'll want to put me on his shoulders and then you've got to kind of make the call. Is this guy fucking too drunk or is he, is he hammered or is, is he, is he, uh, is he going to split? Is the floor too wet? Have I sprayed too much water all over the place and it's going to slip over? But a lot of the times these guys just want to grab me and put me on their shoulders so I just get up there and do it, you know. And, uh, you know, you just got to sort of crush, crush your fingers and hope the <laughs> Separate from, you know, not necessarily talking about injuries, but have you got any live show horror stories from over the years? You know, any situations where the PA crapped out halfway through or, you know, there was a storm and the, the amps got wet or someone fell off the stage or anything like that? Oh, yeah, we've had heaps of that sort of stuff. I remember one, one 
playing in Prague, I think. We were playing in Prague with Soulfly, maybe. And the, the whole, the power, the, all the power in the venue just went and just cut out. So we were like halfway through our set and there was just no power. So we just had to stand there for like 20 minutes. And I think we got to play, we came back on and we got to play one more song and that was the end of it. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great uh, show that night. One of, one of the funniest things I've seen was uh, we were in, uh, I think we were in maybe in Poland and we, we'd been hanging out with some, Fans, some Polish fans, and a flat bell bass player. Got, got a, had a couple, few too many drinks and after our set. And our obituary, we're playing with obituary, and, and uh, Sucks decided to sort of dance out on the stage. When obituary were playing and, and went to do a stage dive, and he, he uh, got up and, and jumped. The video footage of it is fucking terrible. And he just hit, he just dove straight into the barrier, and he, he dove like he was diving into a swimming pool. He oh. had his arms out. And his ribs just hit the barrier, the metal barrier, so hard. He, he, I don't know if he broke ribs or what, but it was just completely bruised and black for the rest of the tour. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Where well, you've got the combination of it was bad. half of you is sympathetic and half of you is like you, bloody idiot. Oh yeah, he he really fucked himself up. Wasn't Have you ever played anywhere that you wouldn't want to go back to? One night, I mean, I, I would go back anywhere, but I remember. Basically, one night playing down in Miami at this little venue called Churchill, which is kind of a legendary little place. Uh, I don't know if you heard of it. It's, it's like it's a super punk rock dive bar kind of place. And I just remember it was one of those places that we were in there, and we had to have there were so many crackheads, these homeless people, and that all around the venue that we had to leave someone in the van the whole time. We couldn't just park the van and, and, and go in. We had to have someone out there the whole time because there's ready to pound and, 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 and get in there. So that was probably like one of the sketchiest areas ever played in. Um, it was a great show. I remember playing and having a great show in there, but it was sketchy as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd go back, but you'd be looking over your shoulder. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. You definitely have to have someone, you know, on the, on the lookout. It was full on. It was really full on. So stepping away from the, the live topic for a minute, I think another one of the, the things about King Parrot that makes you stand out and makes you so memorable is some of your amazing music videos that you've done. And obviously, um, Boyd was a, was a memorable part of some of those. Like I'm thinking of the, the shit on the liver video where he's the traffic warden, he's linking the t- uh, licking the tire. But another standout, I think, from that video and from some of the others as well is, um, is Slats, who seems to have some real acting talent, like where he's playing this kind of creepy sort of cult leader character. Um, I'm wondering, did you know that he had such acting potential? Or is this something that just kind of popped up and you went, holy shit, this guy can actually really play a character? Uh, I think, you know, we kind of stumbled across it, but it was, it, it was, it was not, never something that we kind of didn't think he could do. He, you know, Slats has always been a real character. And, um, you know, we've been friends for, you know, probably a good decade before we were even in King Parrot together. We've been good mates for a long time. And, um, yeah, he's always been a, a funny, sophisticated, and, and lovable guy, you know, so, um, yeah, no doubt, like, uh, it would translate, and I, I think, you know, that having that performance and shit on the liver was, was amazing for our band, and get us out there on the international scene a bit, and, uh, yeah, you know, obviously the video's proceeding, that he's had a big role in all of those as well, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, I think with the videos and stuff, it's 
great to be able to have another outlet like before, you know, it's great to have another outlet to be creative um, outside of the music, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And video is something that we all love. And a great video producer is Dan Farmer. And as you said, um, Boyd was a big part of, you know, helping develop the idea, getting organized, you know, developing storylines, plots, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's going to be sad, you know, pushing on to a new album and not having him there to do it. But we're all super motivated, like I said, you know. And um, I know our video guy, Dan Farmer, is ready to go. He's always ready to go. He loves doing stuff with us. And we're great close mates as well. So, um, yeah. Uh, it'll it, it'll just be a new chapter, I think, moving forward with the band uh, for this new record, and you know, hopefully, it's, uh, you know, with, with everything that's sort of happening for the band at the moment and the buzz that's going on, you know, we can translate that into the, into the new material and the new videos and all that sort of stuff, and the new record, and um, and just keep pushing on from here. We're all we're all super motivated, and that's the yeah. feeling. I think it's coming off in the live shows that we play as well. It, 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 we're getting a great response at the moment, so it's good. Yeah, well, it's it's an exciting time. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I've just maybe got uh, two. Uh, you got time for two more questions? Absolutely, go for it. So I wanted to ask you about Dead Set Records because that's a sort of a management company that you've got some involvement with. Is that right? Could you say a bit about what that is and what your part in that is? Yeah. So we just sort of started. Well, I, I just started a little label, I guess, uh, for Australia. Um, put out music. You know, put out some King Parrot stuff. Um, and put out stuff that I like, other bands that I like, um, with a focus mostly on Australia and Australian distribution and all that sort of stuff. wasn't really, um, not really sort of supposed to be kind of pushed out further than Australia, obviously. Uh, I do a little bit of management work with a few other bands. That's sort of outside of Dead Set Records as well. So the Dead Set Records is more like for the, the tour, some of the touring stuff that we might do, like bringing bands out to Australia and also putting out so. Yeah, that's just sort of our little thing. We've, a few people have kind of just sort of said, hey, you should probably do your own label now, you know. And um, so we, we did that. Um, you know, we still work alongside a lot of the people who service our records and stuff uh, in terms of distribution and all that kind of business sort of stuff in the background. But, um, yeah, we're just kind of uh, developing our own, so to speak. And, um, again, that was, you know, just that logo, that, you know, again, that, that logo on our next album, we kind of like that. Just the, the whole aesthetic of it kind of seems to ring ring true for us, so we just ran with that, and yeah, it seems to be going along okay. It's, uh, it's fun to put out not only your own music, but bands that you also love and like, and, and, and trying to help push them out there as well, so it's been fun so far. Yeah, definitely, I can imagine that. You know, I'm sure you, you have your own ambitions, but obviously you come up through these scenes, and you've got all these people around you, and there's probably all kinds of people that you see, and you, you wish they were getting more of a shine, so I'm sure it's, it's satisfying as well to be able to to have some part to play in promoting other people too absolutely yeah absolutely we're, we're all about it you know and you know that's a good old saying you know you can only you can only keep what you've got by giving it away i love that <laughs> that is a good saying yeah. so yeah last question for you and uh so i uh, i don't think i actually said this at the beginning but i'm actually originally from melbourne but you probably can't hear it in my voice i've lived out of Australia since I was eight years old. I am aware... I can kind of hear it in your voice. <laughs> I can kind of hear it. I think because I'm talking to you, there's like a sympathetic part of my brain that's like kind of going a little bit more Australian while we talk. But... Oh, man, I do it too. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, so the term bogan, I know about it. I kind of sort of half understand it. 
And I feel like at least the sort of persona of King Parrot is a little bit kind of, it's got a bit of a bogan aspect to it. So I'm wondering, can you can you say what a bogan is? And do King Parrot embo- uh, embody some kind of bogan uh, atmosphere? Or is that something totally separate from the persona of the band? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, like, I think initially Bogan kind of related to like people who were into heavy metal. Um, you know, like back in the nineties maybe, you know, people that had like the mullet haircut and you know, the Metallica <laughs> metal up your ass t shirt or something like that. Tied black jeans. That was kind of what a Bogan was. You're if you you were in a heavy metal, you're a Bogan. But then I think over the years it's kinda of changed a little bit and um, you know, it, it's always sort of a bit a bit of a you know, a derogatory term maybe, I guess. Yeah. Um, sort of looked down upon but um, we, we, we fully embrace that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to know what Bogan is these days. You know, like, people might say crackheads are Bogan, you know, or, you know, like, uh, the, the, you know, the young airshades or whatever, those boots, bumbags, and all that. They might be both. They could be classified as, you know, like, it's more, it's definitely related to, like, outcasts in society, I would say, you know, like, people that I don't quite fit in. So, but, um, yeah, I think we can definitely relate to that as big, and that's something that uh, we, we, we totally agree. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Youngy, thank you so much for your time. It's been my absolute pleasure. And, um, yeah, if you if you find your way uh, coming over to Europe, I'll be sure to, to check the band out. And, yeah, I wish you all the best Absolutely. for the tour, and I'm yeah, really man. looking forward to the next release, whenever it is going to be coming out. Yeah, hopefully not too long, man. And yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're talking about coming back early next year, so, uh, yeah. Excellent. Exciting times. All right, Youngie, thanks a lot for your time and uh, all the best. Appreciate your support. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of the Ghost Quote Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostquotemag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Quote Mag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.